Hello and welcome to DevOps Sauna. My name is Lauri and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of Efficode. When we think about large companies undergoing a digital transformation, we often think about it literally, the digital chains of the tool chain and applications. But if you do not accept the fact that it takes both technology and people skills to perform this change, you are doomed to fail. We had a chance to invite Jürgen Lindberg, a DevOps and Agile coach consultant with experience for multiple transformation projects, and Sophus Albertsen, DevOps consultant and the Epicode Academy headmaster. Jürgen and Sophus discuss about digital transformation. What does it mean? How to prioritize the problems to solve? And how to make it a successful project? Let's dive in. And uh, we are on. Welcome, Jürgen. Welcome, Sophus. It's glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Whoever that was, but they said that that you have to enjoy the journey as much as you're enjoying the outcome. And you could say that when we sat down and worked on this interview with you, yeah, f- for me, it has been a journey. And getting here is like a, what is called anticlimactic even. Like, okay, I know <laughs> what we're going to discuss. <laughs> Something like that. We're just like a kitchen chef, right? You have prepared everything and now you're going to show what you've prepared and it's going to be awesome because you you thought about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So why don't we start by giving both of you floor to, to, to tell our listeners who you are, where you come from, uh, what brought you here in, in rough terms. And then um, once you two have introduced yourself, then I suggest we go right into our first question, which is, what does this digital transformation mean? And uh, where do companies come from um, to get into the situation when they make a decision to do a digital transformation? Um, maybe we start with you, Sophus, who is going to participate intently in this conversation with Jürgen. And then uh, we give floor to Jürgen after that. And then he can get right onto the answering the question. Yeah. Thank you, Laurie. Um, yeah. So my name is Sophus Albertson. I am uh, uh, from Evicode, uh, the same as uh, as Laurie, and I'm the Academy Headmaster. So I'm the one centralizing my work around uh, knowledge sharing and all our training, um, both internally and externally. So knowledge sharing is really my um, number one thing I like to do and I like to 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 talk about. And for me, uh, the digital transformation is also a lot about knowledge sharing because we get new tools and we get new ways of working. And the only way that we can be good at that is is actually, uh, uh, yeah, get new knowledge. So, Jürgen? Yeah, thank you. I'm um, mainly a software guy that's been doing some hardware really passionate about developing uh, people and organizations. I started out a while back uh, doing transformations and uh, I've been been doing four successful trans- bigger transformations so far. So that has become what I mainly do in, in my uh, own company, Lenaf AB. And I've been doing these transformations with completely different businesses. So um, they're quite uh, agnostic. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Jürgen, would you like to continue by just giving us a context for what the digital transformation is in those cases or the DevOps transformation where you have been involved and what is the background where where companies start doing that? 
Yeah, the backgrounds have been a bit different, but uh, either it's that you you have a, a problem in your organization that you've identified yourself that you want to improve, or maybe that you have a competitor that is better than you in doing something. And um, it's, a, it's a must for uh, competing, basically. So that's kind of the background by doing digital transformation. And then the, the context of it, uh, you soon realize that uh, it's not so much, or digital is one thing, but it's usually a bigger scope than that. And uh, you need to take all aspects into account, not just technology. Yeah, because when you take the, the word digital transformation, there is, of course, the digital one, the electronic part, the, the technology. But there's also the transformation. And, and every time you do transformation where people are involved, you need to transform the people as well. You need to change that. Exactly. Um, yeah. So so when we're doing these digital transformations, do you then think that it's uh, the, the focus should need to be only on the tools? Or, or is that a holistic approach? How, how, how can you see um this this step going no i mean that that may be a common mistake that it that it is the tools but uh, it's so much about the people it's about uh, incentives uh, it's about uh, hr finance and uh, and everything and um, i mean at some point in time everybody's going to be or all companies are going to be a software company so uh, um, yeah so when they when they call you up, when they find out that they have a problem, what is it normally that characterizes that problem? I know it's I mean it's difficult to to say well they all have this particular problem, but there must be some characteristics around it. Yeah, like I said, either it can be um, internally identified that uh, they want to be faster, they want to be twice as fast. They realize that uh, the organization is not. Uh, keeping up they have a or they have a disruptive uh, competitor that they they need to um, be faster than or they need to increase their quality because they have a lot of um, uh, customer issues so we're back again at this kodak moment where somebody else have have made a a change and now you're either sticking with your old and then slowly going to to what's it called uh fate in in the past of the history or you're going to change yeah amazon bookstore or uh, apple watch or your experience from transformations is when the management has made their decision that this must happen and then you get called in or do you get called in when the management is still sort of or if it's even management but the company is still thinking okay is this like, should we go into this or not? When is it typically that you get called in? Usually management have made some decision, but uh, it, it the reasons can be both very clear and very unclear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it has been also, uh, uh, we heard about Agile, this, this seems nice, it's something we should do, <laughs> or uh, it can be more well-motivated or Agile just being a means to an end uh, for achieving then uh, double speed or um, yeah something like that. So it's a bit different, but I mean the importance of 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 actually making that 
decision and and, and uh, being firm in uh, in the transformation and, and really believing that it's needed is really important that that's a, a key to being successful i think is that you have the commitment from maybe not top top management always but you need a good sponsor you need somebody a champion in the right position um, that's that's crucial for for a transformation to be successful so if we try to illustrate the situation for our listeners in that let's suppose that that tough conversation has taken place and then you know a high enough number of people have come to their realization that this this must happen now and they they call you in then you probably form a a virtual team or a working group or whatever you want to call it to to get the change going in a concrete level um you get into this this room and everybody hears a briefing from whoever is their executive sponsor and then then you have 90 minutes to make the best out of it like what happens like how does it start to get get from high level management desire into something concrete yeah that's difficult i mean um, to be successful you need to determine uh, the critical thing what's in it for me and that question everybody in the room will ask themselves because that's the way to get them on, on board basically and since it's not just about technology and it it's actually about all the aspects of the of the company that becomes difficult you need to take all those into account people have incentives and um, bonus plans and whatnot that can be counterproductive of course uh, so you need to start figuring out what's in it for them and um, perhaps identify a, a couple of easy or quick wins that you can uh, Uh, get done so that that you get some more people on board yeah usually it's Houston we got a problem moment where they call up and say we need some help but at least in my experience it's also a lot centered around the tools so we we got a call saying uh, we can't deliver fast enough I think we need to change our build system Or uh, we have problems with testing, so therefore there must be some tools that we haven't uh, installed yet. And what I can see is that, of course, tools can be one thing. But as you change these tools and as you go in and, and look at the organization in general, you find out that it's not only the tools that needs to be changed. It's also the processes around it and all the, the people, the way that they communicate. I mean, the whole um, pipeline that is not the technical uh, build server pipeline but the but the pipeline of uh, of of the value stream i think is what's uh, what's the right correct term here the value stream of, of the uh, of the of the software and the product that you're releasing yeah and um i mean it's really difficult to make improvements to to the value adding activities in a process it's usually much more efficient to remove the waste in the process so when these companies come in and ask for help um you how do you see it do they go in and say i want a transformation can i please buy one piece of transformation or or how how should they grasp um, if they can see they need to change 
but but should they do it themselves from the ground up? Should they buy everything outside, outsource it, or or where's the middle ground there? Yeah, I mean you need to take into account exactly what kind of organization you're going to have uh, after the transformation. Actually, what are you going to keep doing? Um, uh, and that if you don't have that competence today, then you need to acquire it and build it up. And um, then I would hire and get that uh, service in there and get consultants to to uh, teach me and then hand it over. Um, so everything that, that uh, needs to remain afterwards, uh, I secure that. Are there things that you shouldn't buy outside? Is there things that are, are too vital for the transformation that you need to have internally? I mean, whatever is your core business, um, you should have a stake in, I guess, always, and uh, not leave too much to uh, consultants in in those areas, of course. But it can be a transition as well, right? You you start from from zero, you get some consultants in to build a competence or or something. But again, take into account whatever is going to be there when you're done, and make sure that you secure that get that handover from from the consultants and if we look at at it from the other side is there then some things that you would recommend them never to invest in themselves and just buy from the from a vendor or from a a a technical consultancy firm i think doing a digital transformation if you haven't done it before get some help for sure um call us up (laughs) you can have my number afterwards uh, yes. but but i mean th- this this is quite difficult and there are many many pitfalls and uh, if you haven't done it before you, you most likely aren't going to do it very often so it's better to have consultants do it uh, you just have to ma- be sure that it's what you want to do and um, make sure that you dedicate the resources to it that's needed for it and so on so you say that it's it's rather difficult to say make a at least a successful transformation. Um, what are the key factors for for making it a success? I, I touched on it a bit before. I think with with the uh, top sponsor, that's really uh, key that that person or individual is is in the right position, and that it's not um, about just technology; that it's diverse. You need to get finance and HR in there as well, not only the if it's the CTO or whatever. And then that you have possibility of incentives that are kind of counterproductive and that you have a chance of maybe getting rid of those uh, so that you don't have something that's working against you all the time. And I, th- I think the last thing is that, that you have either a vision or a really high ambition for your organization and and that you um, kind of know where you want to go and what what good looks like. Yeah, because when you when you're doing this, you need to to deaccelerate for some other things, right? Because you're using a lot of resources on making the transformation itself, on meetings, on communication, on people skills, as you say as well. And and therefore you can't say, well, I want a hundred percent throughput of the normal regular uh, value streams and pipeline that I normally have, and I also want a digital transformation on the other hand. So you need to be willing to 
to pay extra resources and extra attention to it while also going a, a little bit slower pace doing the transformation, right? Exactly. And um, there is kind of a cap on how much uh, change um, an organization can take at any given point in time. And, and um, you should make sure that people don't get tired of change and, and uh, have too much on their plate. So, yeah. That's a good point. You need to balance that. And in Agile, we're talking about having these very small increments of work. Can you do a traditional or can you do a digital transformation with the same approach saying, well, we are changing one little teeny tiny bit at a time? Or do you need to have some kind of substantial volume in the change in order for it to, to, to be realizable? You want to start small so that you get those uh, quick wins so that you get more people on board but of course in, since it is involving all the aspects of a company you, you need things to move forward together at some pace so that you don't uh, leave some parts behind but i mean uh, of course you want to start the smallest you can and and um, build up from that based on uh, successful wins that's i think the the best approach trying to find the kind of the minimum viable product of of the transformation and go from there. And what happens when you're doing the minimum viable product, see that, okay, I thought that I could change only this team and then the entire uh, value chain otherwise will be unaffected. And then you can see, well, there's spillover here. We need to, to change uh, further. Should you then try to isolate or should you try to integrate the uh, the new changes to to yeah to spill over to the other teams. I, I think that 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 is a difficult um, and it will vary. So that's again where the experience comes in and, and where you should have consultants that's done it before so that you can make different calls depending on the situation. Actually, it's really difficult to get a, give advice on on um, how to treat treat those situations. Actually, speaking about like doing a, a big, big transformation that also touches the culture of the organization. Um, I could imagine that some sometimes the company has a very heavy reliance or they are thinking it in a sort of waterfallish way traditionally. So just by bringing in transformation means that you are teaching the organization to move away from big planning and big changes into more iterative planning, smaller changes, and then so of learning from them. And it's, it sounds to me like a chicken and egg that it's very hard to do transformation in an iterative fashion because the company has gotten used to doing everything in a big releases. So, so how do you cope with this challenge where just by doing the transformation the right way like seems to be challenging to comprehend for your for your organization that you are trying to do the change yeah absolutely and i think you're absolutely correct but if you try to draw the parallel to um, agile way of working um, and that it, it's not possible to pre-think everything and make waterfallish plans um, because you cannot imagine every uh, possible future uh, you can make that parallel to a transformation and uh, get some understanding that it's actually true for a transformation as well, that you need to do it in a 
iterative uh, fashion because you cannot imagine all the um, uh, ways it, it can go and it's better to take learnings from from um, and adapt your plan accordingly uh, all the time but yeah the, <laughs> of course <laughs> if you're from a waterfall uh, organization to begin with you you probably want that uh, rock solid uh, Gantt chart of the entire transformation and um, but it, uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, you can produce it and then you can revise it and revise it and revise <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to, to me, there's also a thing called big enough because, I mean, you can you can most certainly um, change a small thing here and there. But for example, if you're changing your version control system, which again is very technical part, but there's a lot of things tied into that. So so you can't just say, well, okay, now for this small team over here, we're changing things. But if they have tight, closed um, collaborations with others, then they also need to know the new version control uh, system. And they also have integration with their build service. So we need to make sure that their build service work. And we need to make sure that their release pipeline is still intact for all of this. So so it's for me, it's really about starting small uh, accepting that it will get bigger, that every change will have spillovers to the next and the next, and then find out, okay, when can we say this is this is big enough, this is good enough in in shape and size in order for us to say this is the change that we really want, and and you can't say see that um, to begin with. You can't make a just like you say you, you well you can try to make the the Gantt presentation and the project report uh, two years in a row and then say well this is going to happen, but it will never be that that is going to be executed at the end. It really depends on when you start to shake the entire system what 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 is falling off and what is um yeah what is sticking together yeah i completely agree uh, um and we know for a fact that our crystal balls are not very good so uh, imagining the future is is really hard and it's much easier to to try and do something and learn from there and then um, uh, yeah build on uh, the learnings that you actually gain that are real learning so if i put myself in the position of the um company owner and i have ordered you to make one piece of digital transformation for me um oftentimes i would say that that would be something that you would start uh, working with immediately yet i can see when we're doing digital transformation a lot of the first couple of months maybe is not that productive in a way that we are changing anything um because we are we are surveying the entire landscape of the of the uh, of the process. Um, do you see that as well? That that we are that we need to make sure that that what the management think is the reality is also the reality down on on the on the workers' floor. If you uh, in quotes might say that. Yeah, I agree. You also need to poke around a bit and see where it hurts actually, and. Uh when you find that place where it hurts you you poke around more and um, usually you have a, a problem to fix i think you you, you can be um, a bit upfront with management on that that it's it's going to to change in shape and size over time and that they uh, they will have to adapt as well and um, accept that it's not uh, a very fixed uh, thing to do with transformation so there's the very evident 
um, piece of change where you rip off the old build system to the new build system. But that is just a result of a lot of things happening underneath, right? There's a lot of processes that are changed, a lot of things that are, need to be prepared beforehand. So you can, even though you can't see that there is, um, what you say, you, that you lay the bricks for, for the next coming coming change, you really need to, to pave the road uh, in order for us to, to change. There's something similar to what you're describing when, when you renew marketing. And I just want to bring this up just to, to point that um, there's there's so many things in transformation that can be applied across different disciplines and they don't only apply for let's say software development or R&D and uh, in marketing we, we like to think that you go to the, the part of the you imagine you try to imagine how does the system look like when it's big if it if your scale today is small and you try to imagine like where is the choke point when your system is going to be big and then you go and look at that choke point and say okay if if i'm going to put load on this side and or or stress on this side of the system it will it will expose burden on this part of the process and you have to proactively go and make sure that that part doesn't break so so let's imagine that you want to increase the number of customers that you're serving at the same time. You don't want to get a lot of customers in and then start worrying about how to serve them. You have to go back and think, okay, how do I serve 10 times more customers that I have today? And then imagine where that will break with 10 times the load and then go and make sure that part doesn't break. And then you go back and start increasing the load and then you see, okay, does it break there or does it break somewhere else? But it, but th there, in the same way that what you said, Sophus, you don't see those changes because they are just, you are rebuilding the foundation to make sure that when you start to do the right thing, your house doesn't collapse under the load. Yes, and you do a lot of, of um, small experimentations. So you have a hypothesis that you want to do this and this. Can you actually do that with the new tools? Okay, then you go in and test just that. Um, I can see that that's, that's one of the approaches that you need to do in order to build confidence in the change. So you can go out to, to, the, to, the, uh, to the people that you're working with um, and say, well, I can see here that we can do this change with your code. We can do these transformations with all of these things. It will work um, before actually uh, turning the key and switching over to, to the other uh, tool that you are introducing without it hurting in production. So you need to take it away and put it into a sandbox or a, a lab and, and, and do these kind of tests. Yeah, in, in marketing, the change is not that you would go that, okay, it's a big change to go make changes to those systems. I mean, once you have figured it out, it's it's quite straightforward. The big challenge is, is the cultural revolution that um, you have to get people behind it the idea that actually have to go back and make those hypotheses and you have to go back and test those hypotheses instead of just going and making the system changes. I could imagine that digital transformation is as much of cultural revolution than it is about the systems itself. But again, I'm, my experience is not where yours is. So I'm just bringing a parallel here. That's where I think um, 
having really really high ambitions and and knowing what good looks like it, it becomes really important because if you if you set goals that are quite close to where you are today it, it will not promote uh, thinking in new ways so you, so you need to set really really ambitious goals to uh, rip out all the bad old thinking that you have in the organization and change the culture a bit and and that ambitious goals helps a lot in changing the mindset and you have to kind of look at completely new solutions in, instead of shaving seconds off a of build time here and there or you, you need to do something really disruptive and, and uh, change the way you, you consider things and so on. And when doing these big transformations because you're it's i i completely agree with you that that shaving off or making it two percent faster is rarely what a digital transformation is about that's tuning the machine after you've made the transformation or if you're satisfied with what you have normally when we're doing a transformation it's because we have this huge and we have a problem moment where we are simply not good enough and it's not tweaks here and there uh, that needs to do it but this comes at a big burden towards the, the the employees of the company, right? They're going to change everything. Um, so how do you make sure that the transformation is not only seen as a way to cut cost or a way to to get the old people fired in in in, in and get replaced by new ones? How do you make sure that you have this um, psychological safety in the transformation as well? Yeah, creating. Uh these quick wins is, is again important so that people are a bit more motivated to and engaged because everybody wants to to be on the, the winning team kind of so that's important that 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 you get those and you, that you prove that this is actually a, a working path uh, forward so I, I think usually you want more for the same kind of uh, resources that you have if it's people or or money and um, you you can learn new things and get into new roles and and transform the company that way so that possibility is always there and, and that of course you can communicate and uh, and get out there in the organization that there are going to to be new roles for for people and when we're talking about that, we also, in the beginning, are poking around in the system, trying to figure out where things hurt. You can also say that, that we're we're knowing everybody's pain points so so that we can address them. Because, I mean, a quick win can be good for you or good for one team, but very bad for another. And if you're always um, making progress on the uh, expense of a certain team, then at some point they will uh, probably tell you that they don't want to be in the digital transformation boat anymore. They want to get off. Um, yep. That's of course true, <laughs> <laughs> but making sure—I mean—that that you that you know that everybody like to to tackle everybody's pain points, or if not, then at least be aware that you're saying, okay, now this team is taking one for the for the entire company by doing more manual work or by doing this and this, resuming these responsibilities for a certain given amount of time. And making sure that they are okay with it. Yeah. So talking about these transformations, um, 
a lot of things is changing and a lot of things is changing along the way as you say it's not going to be a a document of 400 pages that you're just going to distribute to all the employees and then saying this is the new way of doing things and and now you have changed so so communication becomes a very important part of it how do you normally tackle this yeah you 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 have to try and and use all the channels uh, that you got at your disposal and um, try and, and use them uh, as much as you can, basically, and try to uh, get as much feedback as you can in communication, uh, so that you make sure it's not uh, a one-way communication, but two-way. And I don't think that that it's possible that there is a a thing where you communicate too much. You're usually on the side of too little always in the transformation. So, so having a this marathon of change that you need to make sure that just because you you are very good at communicating the change in the beginning of your marathon doesn't mean that you at the end when you are hitting the wall and you're thinking that all these things are finally coming together, but all the energy in the organization is is about to be spent that you don't neglect that you still need to communicate and you still need to make sure that everybody is aligned. What happens if you don't communicate? Yeah, you you lose uh, people's engagement, of course, and um, and you you start getting uh, counterproductive uh, actions taking place, and uh, all sorts of things. Uh, people moving back to the old ways of working because they know them and and feel comfortable with them. So, I mean, the the last kind of step of of any transformation is is ma- making it stick for for real and and. Um, Making sure that that you don't have any um, going back to the old ways, and that's of course difficult. It 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 can take time and um, requires a lot of effort, and um, I would it usually takes a bit longer than than you would imagine. Um, the people driving the transformation and being engaged in it usually those closest to the transformation they go through their change curve. Uh, before everybody else and and um, you shouldn't neglect that people uh, have their own change curve and needs to go through it and they're not at the same place as you are in the transformation for sure so it might be that the technical transformation actually happens before the the cultural or the 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 individual transformation on, on yeah absolutely on. so so when you're doing this there's a lot of um um, cultural aspects as well. Um, can you can you say whether or not there is a a type of company or a thing that a company should focus on before doing these uh, digital transformations from the cultural perspective? From a cultural perspective, the values and the principles that are behind if you're doing an agile transformation. Uh, in this digital transformation is is of course um, not always aligned with company values or the company values that actually rules uh, meaning the company values that are shown when you see who gets promoted and uh, who gets a salary raise or whatever the real company values uh, might be very much command and control and um, really difficult to to get to work together with employees that are um, highly educated uh, 
white collar workers that uh, probably know the work that they're doing better than their managers. So you, you need to make sure that you're either prepared to change your values to be the same as, as um, works with, with these highly educated people or uh, you're going to have a big problem actually. Yeah, we had somebody joining from OP, which is a Finnish bank, who are in progress of their transformation at large. And we discussed about this sort of interplay between culture and tools. And uh, Henry Helakari, uh, who, who I had an opportunity to talk, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he said something akin to tools exposing shortcomings in the culture. So when you when you put those tools in place, you will learn something about the culture that you then have to go and address, and vice versa. That once you start addressing those challenges, or the addressing the symptoms coming from the culture, you will realize that okay, that's is a requirement for a tool, or it's a requirement towards the tools, and then you have to go, and it's a, like a constant interplay between okay how do we get the culture right okay how, how does that influence the tools and how does the tools then influence culture but it's about one revealing the shortcomings in the other which was i think it's a it's a pretty smart way of thinking about it yeah that sounds really interesting do you have any example from uh, i do not but we should uh, we should go back and and get henry to talk with us again and maybe maybe we could get a deeper dive in sort of iterative development of of culture and, and tools we do have a recording though so we could um, well i'll definitely be linking it here i mean my my thinking uh, regarding it uh, i mean if you don't get the decision making to be on the right level together with the tools then it can become very challenging so if you have this kind of command and control old style uh, decision making where you have to promote all the discussions up to a higher level then you will have difficulty managing it uh, in an efficient way and you will be very slow or yeah you will have other uh, problems related to it and all the pain points that are the, the like the everyday pain points saying okay if i get a new tools i won't be able to do this this and this if you don't have the psychological safety in the company to say, well, this is going to be a real problem for me. I am not able to to carry out my uh, my work if we are changing it in this way. If you're afraid to say that, then, then the change will um, fail at some point, um, at least after a couple of uh, uh, yeah, months after you have made the, the actual technical change, because something will just break in the in the uh, in the entire value chain yeah i remember in in our pre um, uh, call for for this uh, podcast that we also we talked about that the value chain reflects the power struggles inside the company that you can look at it and say hmm this is very weird why do you have three teams that are all doing sort of the same thing in varying fla- like uh, flavors or or fragrance and you can almost see that that's because there were three managers that at some point uh, parted ways or all, all got promoted, but they still want a piece of their old uh, old cake. Um, 
and that is a thing you need to tackle when you're doing the transformation again uh, as well because if you're if you're just reinstating the old um, evolutionary failures or or changes that are not logical but are bound by by power instead then you are not um, releasing the company from from the struggles that they're actually having yeah that's true i was thinking actually on the previous topic also that we need to consider those people that actually is saying no and and, and not following and um, like you said Sophus that they actually have a point probably and uh, based on their viewpoint they they can be useful in, in getting more information about what we need to do in the in the transformation and um, all feedback is important and that you have that psychological safety is like you said, extremely important to to be able to get gather all that feedback so that you make the right choices. So when doing this transformation, we're we're talking about how much of a toll it takes on the organization as a whole. But but what we're really also saying is that it it influences all the individual people that are refl- uh, affected by this transformation, and this can can make people. Um, what's it called, like uh, drained of energy and and going into some kind of of dismay where they're just uh, paralyzed by, by the change. So instead of, of, of being enthusiastic, they're just not doing anything at all. Um, how do we feed energy and enthusiasm into this change? Because, I mean, it, it is a thing that really needs to, to get pumped up to come over the, the, the burdens and the challenges that a digital transformation will uncover these quick wins are important and it's again you need you need them really to uh, to get people engaged and get get on board so that they see uh, what's in it for them and uh, like i just mentioned also that that you actually listen to people and um, take into account what they need to be able to do their job and um, show that 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 you are listening, but by um, making the right changes and uh, and not forcing through changes just for changes' sake, and like you mentioned, being more for power or politics instead of the, um, something that is logical or actually has a um, a real need in the organization. And then, of course, if you incentives, like I mentioned, is very important, and you can of course. Make sure that you you get HR on board and actually make changes to those uh, incentives early on, so that they can help you in the in the um, transformation instead of uh, being counterproductive. And that might give you a, a, a small motivation and a boost. But um, yeah, long term incentives are also difficult. Um, research show it's not very motivating uh, over time, actually. <laughs> It's better to pay people what they're worth uh, every day of the year than delaying three years to uh, in some retention plan or something. But doesn't that also, I mean, coming back to what you say is that all transformations need to have a strategy, needs to have a vision. We need to like we need to be able to to verbalize and illustrate where it is that we are going to, because otherwise we we won't be doing this if somebody's telling you hey if you change you get uh, a three percent salary raise this year fantastic but 
if it's only this year and it's only for that, then then the whole energy to do the transformation and to be curious about what does this transformation, what does this change mean to me, uh, will probably go away because then you're just if you're inclined to say yes, then you're also just inclined to say yeah, I will take the the salary increase for this year, no matter what consequences there are. And then on the next year, I can I can tell well this is not going to to work at all. Uh, and then then I can get another five percent salary increase by doing something different or by reversing back to the old one because oh that worked better. Um, yeah, I mean um, incentives and KPIs are extremely difficult. To get right, and uh, it's it's um, yeah, you you get uh, exactly what you measure, and uh, you you have to make sure that you measure the right things, otherwise you you get something else. So how do you avoid the situation where the the team facilitating the transformation is uh, either it's measured in a way that it becomes detrimental to themselves, so that. Uh, like not only talking about the the results of the transformation, but also looking at the progress of the project itself. That you you might make a unintended error in selecting the wrong metrics, and then it will become to your disadvantage. Or even even further than than the world is moving faster than you are, and therefore even though you make progress, the your benchmark is going to advance faster, and then then you're just going to miss your targets. Yeah, I think the goals cannot be on transformation activities or transformation objectives. They are not themselves important. They're only a means to an end. So the KPIs or the metrics that you use should be based on some kind of the business need that you have, shorter time to market or whatever, and then you need to find the right activities or things to do in your transformation to meet that. But the goals on the actual transformation or the activities is, is uh, those are the wrong metrics really. And um, so basing it on, on the business needs, that's how to get it right. And again, Sophos mentioned psychological safety. I mean, you need a team also that will tell you that this is the wrong metric to use. It's driving us in the wrong direction and actually help you change it in that case and not let uh, any prestige or anything go into that, just changing the metrics when, when needed. So the the old adage is true here, do not measure outputs, measure outcomes. Yeah, exactly. And those outcomes are then agreed with, with basically the overall business owner and say, you have mentioned speed as as one which can clearly be be one of the symbols actually as it happens we we ask our own people who come to interact with us one way or another and we ask them like what's your biggest problem like here here is a list of problems that we think you might have one is the speed one is the overall cost one is quality and so there's maybe five or six options and invariably speed comes on top so if there's one thing to do with, in, in our case, with, with DevOps and sustainable software development, if there's one thing to do, it is make us faster, help us become faster. And mm-hmm. that, is, that is the overall metric that seems to come on top of everything else. Yeah. I usually categorize my metrics in faster, more, better, happier. <laughs> you, you need uh, 
to, to cover all of them, but yeah, I agree faster is usually the overarching one. When hearing and talking about KBIs, I, I can't... Um... I, I really come to to think of this uh, fable with the genie in the bottle, right? Be careful what you wish for, because you you tell the genie, "I want a fast car," and then you get transformed into the fast car instead, and you got what you asked for. You weren't just precise enough, um, and it seems like that that KPIs is, is is sort of the same thing. You really need to. I mean, it's great powers to to steer people. But if you are not specific enough, or if you're not not genuine enough, then then you get what you measure, but what you measure is wrong. Yeah, but you you need to establish uh, the right feedback loops so that you get the right information if you're on your uh, right trajectory or not, and um, if if you get indications that this is not the right thing, then change fast or just remove it the KPI until you figure out something better to measure. Uh, it's better to remove a bad KPI than to to keep it in waiting for something else. But that kind of, of courage that you're presenting there, because then you're then you're recognizing that, okay, what I did was wrong or what I did what I thought I was I was measuring is not what I'm actually measuring right now. The impact of my of my uh, goals are are not aligning with what I actually want, and that's to me at least exactly the same when you're doing the the transformation because you are going into the uncharted territory. You don't know what is going on afterwards. You have a hypothesis that by changing these and these things, you will be better, faster, stronger, happier, but you don't know that yet. So if you come into a situation where you can say, okay, I can either stick with my with my vision here and just go full uh, uh, frontal on it and use all my energy because I think that there is a vague chance that, that this will work or be honest with yourself and honest with the, with the transformation as well and say, okay, hmm, I can see this is a problem. I don't have an answer right now. But I will get uh, to the bottom of this. I will research and I will come back and, and find out whether or not this is the right place for us to be or we need to change. Yeah. So, I mean, courage is, is a big factor in, in successful transformations, I think. Because there is going to be, uh, for instance, like we spoke about the dip in performance uh, while doing the change. And you need to be able to build enough trust in the organization to to cope during that tough time and make sure that you're uh, you are going to get out of it at some point in time but yeah courage is um, is needed and uh, culture is really important and um, having that i really like that term psychological safety that you use uh, sofas because at some point you're hit again if you're going back to the to the marathon uh, thing you're hitting the wall right you are lower in performance than you were before so your customers will notice or at least your customer representatives will notice your sales department will notice you have tried to change things already so you are also in a way where you have shaken the tree everybody is waiting for the change but it hasn't materialized yet so but they can just see that people are 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 getting information over and over again. And that's where, as you said, you need to have courage to stay on track or to, to accept that maybe this was not the right way of, of doing things. And it doesn't need to, to be that you then just scrape everything away, but that you tackle each and every one of the issues um, 
that you get in an honest way saying, okay, yes, I can see that there's a problem. I've, I've come to, to numbers time where, where my idea of the future was not the, uh, the right one. And then you need to change because all of a sudden you, you find a restriction in their system that just can't do the thing that you envisioned. And then you need to say, oops, I can see that we need to change. I haven't gotten the right answer right now, but I, I'm sure I will work on it right away and get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's happened to me. I, I've had this situation where I actually put in a bad KPI on, on my teams and uh, we tried it for a while and they came and told me, and this is a really crappy KPI. Uh, it's driving us in the wrong direction. We should remove it or find something else to, to measure. And, uh, and we did remove it and um, we didn't didn't find actually um, an alternative so we just did without but there you showed the courage to say yes i can see this is a problem i don't have a solution right now but the solution is not to 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 just put the the kpi where it is and and let it stay because it's it's actively working against us i have a thing that i want to do but i can't do it right now because i i can't figure out a kpi that can that can resolve to this and that takes courage because then you're saying, okay, I hope that you know what we're trying to achieve here, but apparently I can't measure it. So try to help me out. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're starting these transformations, the, the, these digital transformations, when we're starting the start of the journey, um, what is the good advice for a, let's say a project manager knowing right now that they need to change. They need to do this this journey, whether or not it's a new build system or, or whatever it is. What what kind of advice can can we give uh, that person? Uh, give us a call. <laughs> it's definitely. Uh, I mean, if it's a bigger scope, bigger transformation, um, you haven't done this sort of thing before. Actually, get help to do the transformation. And if you need to do it several times uh, in the future, then you can build it by learning uh, during the first tr transformation. I think that's really important because it is difficult to get it right the first time, for sure. You also need to to um, really have a goal. I mean, uh, I've worked with organizations that uh, have a lot of money. Uh, they um, are doing great already. Their motivation to do the transformation has sometimes been a bit shaky. So you need to be sure of what you're doing and really mean it and put the resources uh, that it's needed for it. Uh, make sure it's going to take time and resources in your organization. So you cannot pretend like, like it's, it's going to be for free. I think that's, that's the real important part. And then, like I said in the beginning, secure that person in the right position that can champion the, the change and uh, help out in the change and, and uh, will take the hit when it, when it uh, becomes a bit uh, windy and uh, people start doubting and so on. I think those are the advice I would give somebody to, uh, that's about to embark on a transformation like... Uh, like I've been through a couple of times. You, you said, give us a call. 
you may not want to practice transformation with your own company. Uh, there is a Finnish expression of on building houses because you know in Finland it's it's not rare that people decide to quote unquote build their own houses, which basically means taking care of the project management for a bunch of professionals who is doing it for them. And then there are people who put in more of their own sweat equity into into building their house with their own bare hands and. The expression goes that when you do it yourself, it turns out to be the way it happens to come. It's sort of, you cannot influence the circumstances. It will just turn out the way it happens to turn out. And that's going to be the outcome of your own work of your beautiful hands. So I can only subscribe that if you if you really know what you're doing, yes, then that is what you should be doing yourself. And I think you said it earlier there that you have to assess where you are good and where you are not and then decide to take the plunge on those areas where you are good and then those areas where you are not that good then maybe you shouldn't allow things to turn out as they happen to turn out rather than seeking for help with somebody who has done that before yeah very very good analogy if i take my academy hat on it's it's all about cap- uh, capabilities right so as you say uh, laurie it's about what do you have and what do you need and what you have and and need as well well fine you you have that you don't need to worry about that if you need new capabilities and you also need it afterwards uh, after the transformation well then you need somebody that can can upskill your people that can be a consultant that comes in and upskill your people while uh, he or she are working with you or you can do training or whatever it is but some things you you don't really need as a capability the capability to change from one version control system to another unless you have thousands of people that are doing this or hundreds of teams that need to do it well then you're right then you can have this kind of airlift team that can go team by team and do the same transformation over and over again but if you're just doing it once or twice then you don't need to build up that capability internally yeah then you need to to just buy it from the outside buy it from somebody that has been doing this as an airlift team over and over again it's always a pleasure to listen to the experts talk from the experience you know that the textbook information has been tested in the real life and the outcome is something that does not only work once or only in theory thanks again for listening and don't forget to learn more about the transformations from the content linked in the show notes now i say you goodbye Stay safe and keep zero day delivering.